welcome to the podcast of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. We are training coaches and coaching leaders because we know that only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Because we care and we want you to reach your full potential, we coach you to choose life-giving reactions to the warning lights that show up on the dashboard of your life. Welcome to the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. In this episode, we'll be wrapping up the formal training material, okay, that's found in the first three seasons. Um, you're going to want to go back and start with ep- season one, episode one, um, if you if you want the training. We're going to wrap up that formal training, because I'm at the end of season three, that was designed to train spiritual coaches. And it may sound like an overwhelming task to train someone else to be a spiritual coach, especially if you are still trying to get your hands around it yourself, but that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Um, and and I believe I've given you a huge advantage with these podcasts and the content that I've made available. It may not be the best or the only resource you can use for training, but this is yours for free. And what I am going to tell you now is exactly how to train someone else. I've given you a good launch, so do not be shy and do not wait till you are ready to be ready. So one quick thought to to begin here is that yes, I, you know I have certain gifts that that God gave me, and you know some professional ministry education, a ton of experience with spiritual coaching. That's not a brag, but but maybe you are thinking you're going to need all of that before you can begin. But the answer is no, you do not. Um, now, you, you know, you're going to need some degree of biblical literacy and some basic knowledge of orthodox theology and, you know, some gifts that, you know, help make it easier. Um, but you can begin right where you are. You, you may not have the same gifts that I have. Uh, your gift set may not include, you know, wisdom and knowledge and the ability to give wise advice even when unexperienced and the ability to know things you have no reason or way to know. Uh, I have the gift of encouragement also, but there are many different brands or flavors of spiritual coaching. That's just mine. Your gift mix will be different. Your, your personality, your own, your experience is unique and your passions distinct. And all that will flavor your spiritual coaching so that it becomes yours. Let those you train figure that out for themselves, too. Do not expect that the way they process through, you know, the spiritual coaching stuff that I've laid out will look or feel just like you. And do not expect that what your spiritual coaching looks like will perfectly mirror mine. It cannot, will not, and it shouldn't. If you are hearing that this is going to take some time, the training, you know, well, you're hearing right. There, you know, you've got to put something into it. Just listening to all these podcasts is, is going to take some time, obviously. Uh, the way that I coach has traces of the way my mentor coached me, and, and much of the foundation under my coaching came from him. But, you know, the way I function and, and work on the surface is mine. The heart and passion behind my coaching is mine and informs the way I operate. I have greatly expanded on what I was taught in both my practice and teaching. And, you know, I also specialize, if you will, in certain areas of spiritual coaching based on my interests and passion and my experience, uh, my personal experience with life and my own wounds and, and uh, um, my own journey towards health and healing um, in Christ. And, and uh, you know, all that took time to work out as I coached along. I did not know all of this that I've just put in these three episodes worth of 48 podcasts. I didn't know that when I started. 
you know, some coaches, they're going to be more direct. Others will teach more. And each coach will teach from different biblical stories because, you know, based on how they relate to them. We will all find and employ different metaphors to express to express truths. You know, certain scriptures will jump out to one that may not particularly move another. You know, I love the Psalms, so I direct people there all the time. You may not. So um, just make sure you're, again, I, I think that goes towards what I said last episode about relaxing and, and, and kind of letting this, this spiritual coaching thing kind of develop and grow and, and to be your own. Now, the model I use it's a very simple, widely used model for training of any sort. Uh, it's referred to as, uh, I've seen it referred to as I do, we do, you do model. Uh, now, I have added, uh, you know, a step and, and something to each of the steps as well. So the basic model is I do, you watch, I do, you help, you do, I help, you do, I watch. Four steps. Um, I kind of round that out a little bit, and so it looks this way for me. I do, you watch, we debrief. I do, you help, we debrief. You do, I help, we debrief. You do, I watch, we debrief. You do, someone else watches, you debrief. Okay? Um, at, you know, at first, uh, a trained and experienced spiritual director will, will do the coaching, and the trainee is just going to watch. The amount of their training and experience that the, the coach has will, will vary, but they will be very... They will be, but they, you know, the the main coaches. They're going to be a little further down the road than the trainee. Well, slowly, they'll draw the trainee into the session. They will give opportunities for them to help in small ways and then in bigger roles. Then they will ask them, you know, if they have you know anything to add. Maybe give them a chance to pray at some point, beginning or the end, or, and and then it always you debrief debrief when the session is over. Eventually. Um, um, they will hand off the coaching to the trainee by moving to the helper position. So the trainee will launch and lead the session and look to the trainer less and less as they get experience and confidence. And then finally, uh, the trainer will just watch while the trainee does the entire spiritual direction section. If they get stuck, they'll have to figure out how to move forward without turning to the trainer for help. And again, debriefing always happens happens after. And of course, if the trainee cannot get themselves unstuck, uh, the coach is there to help so the trainee is not really on their own. a short break to give your brain a chance to rest. Did you know that this podcast is not the only resource that we have available to help you with your own relationship with God and your spiritual coaching efforts? TwoRivers.Church backslash life coaching, don't forget the hyphen, has dozens of tools and book links to help you in your life with God and your ministry to others. You can even sign up there to get spiritual coaching for yourself with Pastor Carrie, either in person or virtually. It's a work in progress and we'll be getting a facelift soon, but it's chock full of practical content to read, watch, and and listen to. Wherever you choose to interact with Pastor Carrie online, please remember to rate, like, follow, and share so that other leaders and coaches can find this helpful content. If you would like to connect with Pastor Carrie, you can go to tworivers.church backslash lifecoaching, email him at carrie at tworivers.church, or text him on Twitter or Facebook by going to at SC dashboard. All right, let's finish today's episode of the podcast. Let's talk a little bit about that debrief that I kind of just blew over the top of there. Um, that's the part that I added 
to this common methodology to, you know, to make it my own. And, uh, and it's this commitment to debrief after each session of the mentoring process that I think um, is probably as valuable as the person sitting in and watching it happen. The debrief gives a chance to ask questions and, and time for the trainer to encourage, inform, and even correct the trainee as necessary. I'll make sure the trainee, the trainee knows why you know I did certain things or why I didn't do this over here, uh, you know, and realize that there is time between each of these steps. So do not, uh, but not the same between each step. So between I do a new watch and uh, I do a new help. You know, the amount of time between that transition is going to be different for everybody and different from uh, some of the other steps as well. Um, every trainee is going to learn quicker or faster or, or feel more confident or left co- less confident, and you're going to have to take them through this process uh, as is fit for each person you're trying to train. The amount of time is just going to depend on how fast they pick a thing up. There's not a right or wrong amount of time that it takes. It takes how long it takes. The length between stages may not, uh, you know, maybe weeks or, or months. Of course, it depends on how often the trainee gets to come in and sit in that chair. You know, if they if they can come in, you know, three or four times a week, they're going to progress faster than if they can only, you know, make it into a, a the third chair in, in the trainee position once a month. So, um the, in the other part, debriefing part that I added as well, was the fifth step. You do, someone else watches and debrief. So the cycle begins again. The point is, is that as soon as you move from the trainee chair to uh, the lead chair, I encourage you to find someone as quick as you can to sit in that, what I call the third chair, or the chair of the trainee when the coach is comfortable, the trainee does not need them anymore. They'll be released to coach on their own. You try to always coach in triads. A coach, a trainee, and the coach. Again, the trainee is what I call the third chair. Um, so even though the trainee will not have much experience, they can begin immediately to train someone else. If they're able enough to be let loose to coach on their own, they know a lot more than a trainee does. And training someone else actually continues the training It doesn't end it. Uh, That debrief alone at the end of these sessions, it trains the trainer, not just the trainee. When they have to explain the what and the why of a thing they did, it helps them decide what they do and and remember, even if they need to, why they do it. And um, when they have a why, um, they have heart behind it. You know, there's a reason why, and when there's a why, it's usually because it's driven by their heart. So, you know, it's going to be well done. It's going to be passionate. To be very honest, I have been doing this for, you know, a long time now, but every once in a while, the debrief still trains me. When I'm explaining the why behind a debriefing session, I sometimes actually remind myself of things that I've I had lost conscious connection with. It's too easy to get into routine and lose the heart behind it. But when you're constantly training another, explaining the why behind stuff, uh, um, it serves to keep your own heart fresh and refreshed and protected from mindless or heartless coaching. There are other reasons for the triad approach, which I should mention. The first was for you know training purposes, but other reasons are just as compelling for using a triad. As you might have guessed, it provides protection and safety for everyone when both genders are in the session, which is 
hopefully you something you can accomplish by having three people there. You cannot be too careful about about this 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 whole thing of protection, especially when there's uh, especially when the 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 coach in the the lead coach are of the same gender. Um, another protection it provides is when the coach is offended and tries to claim that the coach said such and such a thing. If that was, in fact, not what was said, you know, there's going to be a third party to confirm or, defi- or deny the claim. Of course, it protects the coach in a similar way as well. When someone appears to or, or claims to be suicidal, there are two people to confirm it when uh, authorities ride, if they, they have to be called. The f- third person provides prayer support during the session as well. And if they're able, they can add something to the conversation, allowing the, the lead coach to get, you know, gather their thoughts for a few minutes that that person in the third chair is talking. Um, I do that intentionally. If, if uh, I turn to the third chair and I give them uh, an opportunity to pray or to, or to step in, I will sometimes even just close my eyes and just gather my thoughts and, and pray and just you know kind of regroup myself spiritually and, and mentally. The moral support and encouragement as well as the, the fact that the two are better than one at most things in the kingdom uh, together, you know, make, having three chairs filled in a coaching session, it's just very advantageous. And I feel the need to say that everyone is not going to be a good spiritual coach. The training period should help bring that to the surface. The, the one being trained may, may come to that conclusion themselves sooner or later, but maybe not. In that event, the coach will have to break the news. Some people are too strong in encouragement or mercy or compassion, for example, to be able to deliver hard truths. And, and some may be so heavily prophetic that their lack of any tact or mercy or patience uh, also makes them bad coaches. Things can be learned and unlearned, but still, some people will do better in other roles. Obviously, some will be so far removed from being good at um, spiritual coaching that, again, it's going to be a little more obvious. And in that case, it usually becomes apparent why, and that lends some clues to where you know, they could be placed. So the reason why they don't make a good coach might actually help you um, figure out where they could be placed on a different team that would better fit their uh, their gifts. Um, if you are the first or one of the first to become a spiritual coach in your setting, uh, training every chance you get will, will be important down the road. You know, when things pick up and you've got more people coming in and your caseload expands, you'll be glad you're not the only one uh, that uh, people have to turn to. Uh, hand off uh, the first session to a newer coach and step in to help them in the following sessions. So you can have a newer coach do the first session by themselves even if you don't have the, um, the, the personnel to always have a third chair, and then uh, you at least don't have to be there for the first one. You can step in for the second session and help them dig in. And then you debrief afterwards and keep that up until they're ready to try a second session on their own and with their own trainee on board. So I'm going to wrap this up now and leave you all to get coaching. So next time on the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard, since this concludes the formal training content that you know I originally thought was the, the bare necessity to get communicated, uh, I will begin Season 4 by tackling some new subjects and by going back and giving more depth to some of the stuff we already covered. I will continue to bring helpful material that will assist all the spiritual coaches out there in their effort to steer people toward God and the life they crave.
for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, don't waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how to work the truth into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been yourself. We pray that God uses the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you are in the upstate New York area, specifically Binghamton, or are visiting or just passing through, look Pastor Carrie and myself up. We'd love to have a cup of coffee with you and chat about our dynamic relationship with God or about how to do spiritual coaching in your context. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the podcast of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard.